There's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and each of the lines of the Psalms starts with the, big, the beginning. Uh, the beginning of each line starts with one um, successive letter of the alphabet. And that's why the challenge was in the beginning of the service and for this week that uh, if you've got some time, I would like to encourage you to make some time actually to, to, to write down this acrostic with the word thankful and see where it takes you. Um, psalm 111 is, is basically a, a psalm that is written uh, from a psalmist that is, is, we don't know who the author is, but there is an element there that there is um, this point where he is coming to his life and he is wanting to mark it by singing God's praise. And I love the way how the psalm starts. It's not translated well in the English, in the NIV or whatever, because basically this is one of those hallelujah psalms. It's, it starts with that praise the Lord, that beginning is hallelujah. So it's that proclamation of praising, it's that summoning of praising the Lord. And then it's the response of the psalmist says, praise the Lord. And then the response is, yes, um, I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. So as, as, as we notice here, there is, there is that response that comes very clearly from the psalmist. And he takes in consideration all the things that has gone through um, in his life. We don't know where he is, but there is an element there that there is a response to come and stop and say, yes, I choose today to praise the Lord. I remember when we first came to England that um, in our conversations that we had then was that uh, Dave Myersko was, um, uh, that's Ruth's father, was in the end of his life and uh, we would come back just to, to, to be here for, for that really. And one of the uh, people that encouraged us in those times was uh, Mike Pears. And one of the things that he said is that in the midst of what's going on through, it's important that you carry on worship and we will do all the intercessory and all the prayer for you. But you don't lose sight of who God is, carrying on worshiping. So I think it's important for us to mark that actually, that yes, we are in the midst of the pandemic. Yes, we are in the midst of the unknown. Yes, we are in the midst of many, many questions. And some of us are experiencing this pandemic different and some of us are not even bothered by it. Um, and some of us are really impacted and affected by it. So, so in all of this, as, as, as individuals, as followers of Jesus, we make that statement today to respond to the summoning of the psalmist. When he says, hallelujah, then our immediate response, regardless of what's going on around us, in our hearts, we say, I choose to praise the Lord with all my heart, with all of my heart. So there is that element that the response is private. But also there is an element of response 
that is corporate when it says in the midst of people in the midst of other people and there's two two kind of layers here in the midst of a smaller group which is a council but also in the midst of the assembly now this is very challenging because i don't want to come across as an idealist and say well but this is easily done no that's the whole point because it's not easily done that's why the the psalmist is summoning us to praise the lord even when it's not easily done even when it doesn't make sense even when actually we cannot reconcile with with whatever is going around us the psalmist makes that decision in his own mind in his own soul that he is going to choose to praise god and that praise he is going to share with others and my encouragement to you today is that whenever we talk i've really had to catch myself a few times this week whenever we talk with other people with uh, whether they are christians or not about the pandemic or what covid is doing to us is there a way that i encourage you that you make that as an exercise this week that instead of looking and sitting back and looking at the gloominess of the pandemic that we look up to god and we say but actually regardless of how tough it is i'll choose to praise god and make that as an opportunity to bring god into the conversation rather the strain that this pandemic is causing to us so that's an exercise challenge that I've got for you. Then the psalmist goes on to say, but there is reasons to praise God. There is reasons because great are the works of the Lord. Glorious and majestic are his deeds. Um, he has provided food, verse 5. He has shown his people the power of his work. Verse 7, the works of his hands are faithful and all his percepts are trustworthy. The steadfast and the faithfulness of the Lord are there. He has provided redemption for his people. He has ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The power of a story the power of a story in the life of an individual and in the life of a nation and it does not go like he'll go on in Psalm 114 and other Psalms with just reminding the people of the history of what where they've been to and how they've really experienced God but he look what he does he talks about the wonders he talks about creation he talks about redemption he talks about God's provision he talks about all the things that he has really seen as tangible and he says great are the works of the Lord this is the running theme of the Psalms Psalm of praise in the midst of, we don't know where the psalmist is he chooses to praise the Lord because of his work and I want you to stop for a moment like I did yesterday as I was finalizing my thoughts and instead of folding my arms and being grumpy 
look at my life and a little bit of what John witnessed earlier on saying that 40 years ago I had no hope and now I am blessed. 30 years ago Albania was shut down communist country and now I'm here preaching the gospel in an English setup. 15 years ago we had a civil war and all the lives of the people were in, in danger. And we have seen God's work even in those turmoil situations. Creation, deliverance and provision. John mentioned provision earlier on of how God has provided. I can witness here in front of you that how God has provided for my life. And the power of the story that we need to preach to our souls of how great the works of the Lord have been in our lives. And that should cause us to praise. Then, it's not only the works, it says trustworthy are his words and promises. And it's talking about the covenant, it's talking about the promises, it's talking about things that God has called his people and has equipped his people and has managed to deliver to his people and it's amazing how these promises are true even 3,000 years on. Trustworthy are his words and his promises. And then the last thing, so it's his works, it's his words and the last thing that psalmist says there is uh, to do with something that is really close and it's to do with a praise and he says he provided redemption from his for his people he had he has ordained his covenant forever holy and awesome is his name and you see how it's panning out so it's it works it's his words and then it's his name and they're all together linked and they all become the source of praise for the psalmist and then he wants to finish with something that is interesting and then we we've pondered a little bit as a church this year about this the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom we see that in Proverbs all who follow his precepts have good understanding and the final bit of it is to him belongs the eternal praise amen hallelujah i want to stop a little bit and um, expand what does the fear of the lord uh, look looks like in in the the different parts of scripture so if we if we thought a little bit um what I've done is um, I've gone through some of the stuff, um, the notes that we, we have, um, well, some of my notes that I have produced through, through the years about the understanding of the fear of the Lord. So if you look at Pentateuch as the first book, the first five books of the Bible, the fear of the Lord gives you that idea of awe, and respect so it's the awesomeness of God um, you 
you, you see that, that there is a response to holiness. So when the people of Israel uh, were delivered in Exodus 14, they were, it says that after they were delivered, they all feared the Lord. So there was this sense of awe and, and grandeur and respect. And, so, so, and that caused them to be obedient. If we go to the book of Kings, even with Joshua, actually, if we move on a little bit in the history of Israel, the fear of the Lord had this understanding of loyalty and faithfulness. So um, Joshua, for example, says after they got into the promised land, the land of Canaan, um, he urged them to serve God and put away the idols. So there was this idea of the loyalty. So it was not only the awe and the respect that you see in the five books of the Old Testament, first five books, but it was more than that now. It had become a loyalty and, and just eagerness to be faithful to God. And then you move on to the prophets, and they give us a different kind of um, um, angle into this fear um, of the Lord. And it's not just the, the, the sense that we, when we talk about fear, we've said that it's not that sense of being afraid, but it's that sense of an attitude. So the prophet said that they had this sense of an, and this attitude of honoring God. So you read Jeremiah and you read Malachi, the prophets are really criticizing the people of Israel for forsaking the fear of the Lord. But when you move on to the, the other prophets, you've got Isaiah, you've got Jeremiah, you've got Hosea, who actually speak about the restoration of the people, but also they speak about the restoration of the fear of the Lord. And then we come to the book of Psalms. And the angle that the book of Psalms brings us about the fear of the Lord is that sense of trust, is that sense of actually knowing that God is trustworthy. And then we move on to Proverbs, when it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the wisdom, which actually the psalmist says here. There is an element in this psalm that talks about the fear of the Lord. And I just wanted to, 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 to encourage you today to be thinking a little bit about this idea of the awesomeness, this summoning of the hallelujah and our response with all, all, all our hearts and the summoning to continue to stand in awe and trust God regardless where we are with our lives. To him belongs eternal praise. In the end of the service, we are going to be singing um, yesterday, today, and forever. And can I, can I just, um, this is, you know, I was thinking this morning um, as, a, as a final thought, I thought that the, this idea of yesterday, today, and forever fits very well with this psalm. Because yesterday is the whole idea of the history and what he's recalling himself to. Today is that summoning that actually I choose to extol the Lord with all my heart and forever is what the psalm 
finishes. To him belongs eternal praise. So as we, as we come to a, a, a conclusion, I wanted to encourage you today to look at the works, look at God's words, and look at his name today as you praise him, as you're summoned to praise him. And I pray that our response will be we choose to praise God. Ruth is going to come and lead us now into our prayers of intercession in response to that. But before she comes, let's pause for a moment and see what God is saying to us as individuals about his works, about his words, and about his name. Thank you, Lord, for this summoning of Psalm 111. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. And we will extol the Lord with all our hearts in our private and with other people in the council and in the gathered assembly. We choose to praise you today because you are worthy of our praise. We choose to trust you today. We choose to love you today. Help us, Lord, to continue to be witnessing your works, your word, and your name as we make those choices. In Jesus' name, amen.